Today, a special guest drops by Trident Wargaming. Welcome to Trident Wargaming, a podcast dedicated to all aspects of tabletop wargaming. Your hosts are Bill and Andy. Hey everybody, welcome back to Trident Wargaming. I'm your host, Bill. This is episode 12, and I'm joined with special guest today, uh, Mr. Carl Tuttle, who is uh, one of the main men behind the Independent Character Community Podcasts. There you go. How you doing, Bill? Pretty good, man. Pretty yeah? good. So, episode 12, you guys are in the double digits. Yeah, we, we're finally breaking into it, which is nice. You'd be surprised how many shows don't make it that far. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, congratulations. That's awesome. Oh, thanks, man. I, I found by, you know, around, we, we've done over 200 episodes now, but I found by like episode, it took us like 10 episodes, 12 episodes to really figure out what the heck we were doing, you know? So, oh, yeah. you know, I'm sure you've changed, like as you've done it, you've, you've found that your voice has changed. What you guys are talking about has probably changed from your first episode, from what you even intended initially, but yeah, at least that's for us. It definitely evolves as you go for sure. Yeah. 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 So I just, um, I guess to start things off, I just, uh, you know, for, uh, those of you guys who don't know, uh, Carl, he has the, uh, IC, um, community podcast and the big Facebook page. And they've been, uh, you just heard been slamming out episodes for quite some time now. Yeah. Over, over 10 years, that's, over 10. Yeah. That's amazing. So it's, it's been a long long journey that uh kind of exceeded all my expectations you know um i remember back we started back when romeo was doing 40k radio and i kind of watched that show um you know in its prime and then kind of taper off to where the content was you know they were kind of just phoning it in and you know and uh, i could tell it was kind of going going you know they were gonna they were gonna call it pretty soon unless something changed and so my buddy and i just kind of stepped into that time and it was kind of strike while the iron's hot kind of thing and and it worked out well it worked out well so oh that's awesome yeah that's awesome like 10 years like that's yeah that's definitely a long time to uh build relationships with listeners and also you know co-hosts and everything so yeah for sure and you know i mean we've rotated through a few hosts and and um uh, the um, original founder of Jeff and myself uh, were the original uh, two that started it. And uh, Jeff ended up leaving after a few years. And it, it, honestly, we, I took a break for almost a year and then came back and uh, the show kind of exploded beyond that even. And, um, and it just became one of those things where I had rotating friends come through and, and we have a large gaming group, so you know I'd bring in who was appropriate for the various topics that we were talking about, and and things just you know kind of kept going. I mean, our our main message was positivity in the hobby, and and just making people feel like a part of our gaming group is is our real mission there, and and I think we've succeeded. So no doubt, no doubt. Well, I know being on the page, um, I've definitely noticed that sense of community. Which is always nice to see, especially uh, yeah. in this hobby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes it can be a little rough out there, and we try to provide a soft landing for people, especially <laughs> newer players, right? I mean, you yeah. want to people. I, I've told this story before on my show, but you know, when I got into this 
um, a couple couple different situations. I, I wanted to get into actually racing um, remote control race cars, oh, and nice. and I had built one, and then I went out to this place where they had a, a track, you know, street car uh, racing, and they had this track, and they would do events there every Sunday, and I came out to just kind of get to meet some of the people, and they were just so standoffish that I was just like, all right, forget it, and. I went into Warhammer because that didn't quite work out. And, you know, it's funny because they had a message board at the time and they're like, we need to get more people into this hobby, you know? And I'm like, well, let me tell you why you're having problems with that. <laughs> no you guys doubt. are not exactly friendly. So, um, you know, if I've, if our show has, has brought people to the, to the hobby and, and grown it, I mean, then mission accomplished, right? Yeah, Definitely. I know that's that's kind of been our goal with Trident uh, when Andy and myself we've kind of kicked it off and we're kind of just sharing our our hobby journey and what we've kind of continued doing like um what myself, made you what made you decide you wanted to do a podcast about that because that's a whole nother level yeah it, basically I think the biggest thing was to just uh, get out there and talk to, because we're from kind of like the old era. Like I started myself in second edition. I was 10 years old and mm -hmm. I've been playing 40K since. Um, so oh. it was, that's been like the era of, you know, pewter models, no internet, um, mm -hmm. you know, the whole, you know, thought process behind like the crazy kit bashes were pretty limited because, you know, having pewter and just plastic and also being 10, you know, it was awful. <laughs> yeah. It was awful. Um, also, you know, just the way things have expanded and grown. Like I remember uh, looking in the white dwarf books and it's like, here's how you paint heavy metal style. And it's like pictures one, two, three is all like kind of base colors and pictures four is, this and pictures five is heavy metal and you're like wow i must have missed like a hundred steps because yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure so just and just everything i've kind of learned on the way because you know now it's so easy on you know youtube facebook all the social media platforms which is amazing for new players but it's like yeah there's there's skills that you had to kind of learn on your own or hope that some of the some uh yeah yeah so it's um yeah it was definitely uh, interesting but yeah just sharing i guess that that kind of passion for the game because it's, it's become quite a big part of my life and i've been yeah going for yeah 25 years going strong so it's been a it's big been a big thing and yeah, I, you've played longer than i have than I, oh, wow. I started in fourth edition so oh, okay um, yeah yeah so i've i've only been around since then and you know uh uh I remember, you know, I remember looking at like Forge World sites and being like, <laughs> "Who would buy this stuff? Look how expensive it is!" <laughs> you know, the yeah. next thing you know, I've got a ton of it. So, uh, you know, times change. You know, <laughs> it definitely does. Yeah, well, especially with Forge World, that used to be kind of like the the dirty word, taboo, right? Because it was super expensive and not accessible for everybody. And yeah. I knew, that, I knew that would go through a change. So Yeah. And it did. And then we're kind of back, and then now we're back. I don't know. <laughs> um so for 40k, like I, I have a good idea. You know, you're you're quite the chaos fan. Oh yeah. So um probably almost as much of a fan as I am. I know I've seen a few of your uh pictures of the uh Black Legion you guys you were working on there. Yeah. 
Still working. <laughs> Still cranking away, yeah. I think the last yeah. time I saw was a bunch of, uh, oh boy, I think it was a bunch of Havoc pictures you were doing trim on and yeah. some other stuff. So It's not as bad as you'd think. I mean, the trim on, on the Black Legion is not that, not that bad. I mean, it's not Thousand Suns bad, which I wouldn't do. I, I paid my buddy Colin to paint those for me because, number one, it's my favorite army, and he's a fantastically better painter than I am. But number two, I didn't want to do all that trim. Yeah. So. I know I've been putting two uh, Helldrakes off for quite some time just because yeah. all the trim is like, oh, I don't know, man. Yeah, there's quite a bit there, too. There's yeah. quite. So I, I guess um, one of the questions I always like to kind of ask people is, um, from your experience in the hobby, uh, have have you developed like uh, direct uh, friendships or I guess relationships as a result of it? Oh yeah, I mean, geez, without a doubt. Um, uh, not only because of of well, I mean, the podcast certainly helped with that. But mm -hmm. some of the guys that I am friends with that have been on the podcast, uh, Josh, Jody. Justin for well not Justin but Josh and Jody um they uh I met because we were playing at events together and you know um we just kind of hit it off and uh and then when I started the show or I think maybe the show had been just starting out at that point um but they were really unaware of it um you know we just kind of carried that forward and then and our friendship has kind of grown from there and then the show in particular, <clears throat> as you will find, uh, you will make friends as a result of it. People who are following the show will contact you. They'll reach out to you. Um, you'll meet them at events, that kind of thing. I would say a huge number of my friends when I go to events uh, are a result of us meeting online through the show and then, and then finally meeting in person and just having a beer together or hitting it off and playing a game or, or what have you. Um, uh, I, as a result of the show also, uh, you know, I've, um, made a, a few trips out to Warhammer world on occasion. Um, I, because we were one of the first shows to ever cover like forge world material. We, we were covering the Imperial armor books. Um, and, and I, I distinctly remember, we did uh, coverage of the first book of um, of uh, uh, the Bad App War series. Is oh, two, yeah. two <clears throat> we had covered it kind of front to back and and um, really enjoyed it. Like we thought it was just incredible. And uh, next thing I knew, I got an email uh, from Alan Bly, who I had no clue at the time really who he was, and. Uh, and he said, hey, you know, I heard your guys, a friend pointed me to the coverage of this book. I'm the author of the book. Uh, really liked your coverage. You know, let me know if you have any questions. And so we just kind of started emailing back and forth. And then the next thing I knew, I got an email from, at that time, the head of uh, customer support at, at Forge World, of a guy named Ed. And he had said, hey, you know, Alan says we should send you a copy of the next uh, next." book for for bad ab war is you know was that okay what address can we send it to i was like yeah wow. you can copy of it and this was before games workshop was reaching out to anybody and so for us this was you know kind of the pinnacle of of what we somebody over there listened to what we said 
and enjoyed it. And, and so, um, you know, I started, uh, kind of corresponding with them on a regular basis and I would buy so much Forge World stuff at that point. And that was back when, uh, Forge World had like their own support department. It wasn't mine. It literally, I would, you, and you'd have to call basically like if you really wanted to order stuff it was just you would call them and and be like okay you know here i'm placing this order and here's my credit card and and uh like it got to the point where i would call and they would be like hey carl how's it going like they knew <laughs> they knew who, who it was um and then you know ed and i the head of supporter there started talking and um and and it was so funny because i remember you know he would listen to the show and he's like wow i feel like i'm i'm talking to a rock star and i'm like are you kidding me like you you guys are the rock stars you're the ones that work at Forge World. And, and so we just developed a friendship. Um, and so when I went out there to visit, you know, I, I visited, uh, I went to, I think I first went to uh, salute, which is a great show out in England. And, um, and I was meeting Ed and Alan there, uh, for the first time. And Ed introduced me to John French, who we had just covered John French's, uh, Armin book, his first Armin book. And, um, and uh, at the time, my, my co-host was uh, less than complimentary about the book. I happened to really like it. And so as soon as I got introduced to John, I was like, oh, yeah, we just we just covered your your book. And he's all, I know I listened. And I'm like, oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> wow. And but John and I hit it off and we're friends to this day. In fact, I have a call with him tomorrow. And, and so I've made friends. You know, Alan was a was a good friend. Ed has become an excellent friend. Alan passed away, obviously, yeah. a few years I flew out there for, you know, a, a, a thing that we did for, um, for him. You know, he showed a, um, a Forbidden Planet at a movie theater that was rented out. That was his favorite movie, and you know, I mean, so uh, yeah, I've made a lot of great friends out there um, who, uh, you know, continue to this day that I, I chat with, and and sometimes when I go out there, I just go hang out with them as opposed to go, you know, over to Forge World or, or uh, Warhammer World or what have you. Um, you know, and and it, it's 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 afforded me interesting opportunities. Um, we did some, we did a a, a thing to raise, <clears throat> um, uh, not necessarily money, but to to uh, uh, you know donate um, models and things to gamers who had lost uh, their whole collections in the Paradise fires a number of years ago. Um, and then Games Workshop reached out to us and was like, "Hey, we saw that you guys are doing this." We'd like to throw in there too, you know. Uh, we know you come out here. How about you come out here and and um, sit with us as we get these guys to paint each of these guys in HQ model, and we'll donate each of them an army. And I was like, whoa! I mean, it just blew my mind. But you know, those kind of connections, you develop friendships from that, and um, it, was, it was a great time. It I, I can't say enough for how much Games Workshop has reached out to the community now compared to where it used to be. It's just incredible. Oh, for sure. They've definitely like <clears throat> come leaps and bounds from like when I first started into now. Like there's there's an actual connection with the consumers and not even just consumers, but just like it seems like a genuine like hobbyist connection um, with their various I, platforms too on social media. I think, I think the best way I heard it described was um <clears throat> was the old leadership there at games workshop was along it was like an old mentality for business it was don't tell us what you want 
we'll tell you what you want. (laughs) Now they're very much, tell us what you want and we will see if we can't produce that. Right. And, and there is a lot of feedback there, but, but I mean, aside from that, like I have made so many friends that are just like going, not going to Adepticon last year and this coming year is killed me because to me, that's kind of my, that's my Christmas situation, right? Yeah. I look, I, I get to hang out with all these friends that I've met that we really only get to see each other at that event or maybe another event, but we, we drink together, we talk, we share stories about family, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I'm very close to a number of people that, you know, you only get to really in person interact with a couple times a year. And it's, it's kind of strange, but it's, it's, it's great. Like I, I have, <laughs> I have a, my wife and I were going to go down to Australia before the um, before the the pandemic hit, and there's a guy that lives in Australia that a couple of people actually that I've become friends with just online, and we've connected and we chat all the time and, and this kind of thing. And um, you know, he was like, "Look, come over here to Sydney, uh, stay with my wife and I. We're going to take you here. We're going to take you there." And I'm like, you know, how, you know, how do you say no to that, right? Oh, <laughs> you yeah. Know? So it's it's incredible. It's been an incredible opportunity. And this hobby is all responsible for that. So yeah, it's a fantastic hobby as far as I'm concerned. No doubt. Yeah. Well that sounds like honestly, that journey sounds pretty amazing, especially being able to meet the big guys from Forge World and like Alan Bly. Like myself, um I'm a big Horace Heresy fan, been playing it for a number of years. Um yeah. and yeah, like when we heard he passed away it was definitely a blow to the community because he was he was like the very essence of horace heresy for us right like he was the man pretty much behind it for sure so yeah for sure um yeah i mean you know i have one of my books is autographed by him you know that he sent over to me as a a preview copy and stuff and he just you know it was a tremendous loss he was so prolific at writing and and just so full of ideas it was crazy you know and um I would definitely miss him. Definitely miss him. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, <laughs> interesting you mentioned the beta war because uh, those two beta wars are probably some of the best books that I think have come out of Forge World for a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they changed so much. Um, of First off, it introduced Zone Mortalis as a, as a way of playing, which then you see it. You see it you know, you see it um, evolve, the evolution as it goes into, then into 30k and how they're going to play 30k games with it. And you see it later, you know, updated rules. And then eventually, you know, they develop terrain specifically for it, right? So it introduced that. It introduced a different way of of the campaign kind of working, uh, which was unique at the time. Um, What a great, you're right. I mean, it was a great series absolutely stunning and it, and it was a, a turning point i think for for forge world at that point yeah i know that's when we kind of really started to take notice on the forge world books and after that when heresy popped off we all jumped on the bandwagon um yeah. i know we recently actually because of the ninth and the new crusade rules and all that stuff that was coming out we uh decided to do and there was an online little thing about it but back to Betab and Betab brothers and we ended mm-hmm. up jumping into Primaris armies, but based on the Betab chapters. And uh, like myself, I was rocking out, and I've been painting slowly, but uh, I'm rocking out Executioners. And I know friend Dan, he has Red Scorpions, and then 
another guy's looking out doing minotaurs we got astral claws and it's it's wild to see the marines evolve into the the primaris and you know there's a few guys online they're like nah you know primaris didn't exist in beta i'm like yeah but you can't deny that they look cool in these beta chapter colors right like yeah oh yeah for sure it's pretty sure and those primaris needs are just so nice looking they really are much good models no, they definitely are. It's yeah, it's it's come a it's come a long way. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing I, I've really like liked about the hobby myself is just that that overall sense of community, like you've mentioned, and you know, just to touch base, I know um, a while back uh, when that Mortis book came out, and uh, you weren't able to get a copy. I know I, I reached out with you and. Yeah. Uh, arranged to get you the book now thank you so much by the way oh you're like, you're seriously. totally welcome man you're totally welcome because that's the kind of thing like that's that's what i like about this community is people are willing to go out and they're willing to help each other and oh for sure do something but then you sent me a picture and i was i was so curious to know so inside that mortis cover it has for carl tuttle um, Ed Brown and Aaron Dembskin Bowden. Yep. How how did that come about, or how did how did that go well, down? Yeah, I mean, you kind of heard <clears throat> how I met John. Um, yeah. You know, and and that was, geez, that was set six seven years ago at this point. And you know, we've just it's just you know he's he's a family guy. I'm a family guy. We struck up a friendship that, uh, you know became very close i was close with alan john um aaron aaron i'm probably not as close with though though you know we've i was invited to his birthday and unfortunately i couldn't make to the party because of covid you know like so i mean i'm on that that level of you know i mean uh we socialize um and and ed uh and 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 of course all of us were very good friends of alan and so when alan passed we kind of continued to to maintain a, a close friendship and um and we still do you know to this to this day and uh and so it was kind of funny because i had no idea it was in there to be perfectly honest and i was mostly just bummed i didn't get the collector's edition because i'd had all the previous ones and you were yeah. nice enough to to happen to have an extra one and, and were willing to to you know sell it to me at <laughs> not a crazy price that they were going for on a on um ebay and i mean it was literally like if if i can't have the whole collection i don't want a part of it so i was like yeah. thinking selling off the others and i'm like i'll just read the paperbacks or whatever and and uh so then i had messaged john because i had messaged him early on i was like oh you know i screwed up and i didn't get this thing and and um and then shortly after i was like oh you know um yeah somebody's offered to to sell me one so it's great and and <laughs> And then when it arrived, I go, "Oh, it's here! I'm so excited!" You know, and John's like, "Oh yeah, look inside!" You know, and yeah, so check it out. I had no idea it was in there until until I saw it in person. And so, uh, you know, I mean, how it came about, I I don't know. Um, I think just because we're good friends good and friends. we supported this whole thing, and and um, I I I keep joking with him and with Aaron that I want them to name a character after me. Ed has a character named after him in a in a Dan Abnett book, and. Uh, I keep telling them they should name a character Carlos Tuttleus as a space marine. <laughs> and, 
Aaron has literally told me that's the worst name he's ever heard. <laughs> so I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> oh. So, you know, hey, I got my name in print, right? I says it's basically like I've written the book, right? That, right? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. No, that's amazing. I like, I know going to Warhammer World is definitely kind of like the the pinnacle of like my hobby journey i haven't gone yet i really want to do that trip. Well, where are you where are you based out of i'm i'm in canada alberta okay so okay. um it's a it's a fair haul for me to get down to the uk it, and it check is it, out. Haul. it is a haul but here's here's the thing and i wrote an article on our our actual website about it a long time ago actually um it seems so daunting right yeah. like it seems oh you know, it's way over there and it's probably super expensive. And I'm not going to say it's, it's cheap. It's not cheap, but it is affordable. And, and, and I've like, I walked people through like, this is what you do and how you get there. And, and this is about what you would pay. Now, mind you, this article was three, four years ago. Um, so things, and who knows what flights will be like cost wise once, you know, all this COVID stuff yeah. is done. But I imagine they're going to want your business. And so um, I'm telling you, it is actually very, very achievable. Um, and, and like the hotel is not terribly expensive that you can stay at. And, and it's comfortable and it's nice. And, and going to Warhammer World is incredible, man. Like it's incredible. You, it, you know, you see all these pictures of like all the, the museum things and all this. And I, I promise you they don't do them justice. They absolutely just don't. Well, it's it's yeah it's definitely a dream to go down there even with some of my like gamer friends um we've been gaming together for 20 plus years now and yeah i know we've always kind of talked about doing a big trip you know kind of just fly out yeah. there even if it's just for a you know four or five day weekend bang yep. out some games on those awesome tables that you see so many pictures of right yeah for sure for sure for sure it's it's totally doable and in fact what what ended up happening one time was I was going. Um, I had met a, a friend online that we just connected, and and a group of us were going. Uh, you had uh, Blake and Ed from Life After the Cover Save, their podcast. Uh, you had uh, Doug Johnson from Table War, um, and who else went? Oh, and Adon, uh, one of my one of my co-hosts. And what? it started off as was Ed and Blake were doing a, a, they wanted to raise money to go to Adepticon and I was going to be going out to England. Anyway, I was going to salute again and I was like, guys, you know, Adepticon's awesome. Don't get me wrong, but wouldn't you rather go to Warhammer world? And they're like, Oh, that's ridiculous. It's too expensive. I go, I'm telling you it's not. And then I kind of laid it out for them. And so they used that, you know, money they made from the fundraiser for it. To, to go there and produce content for their show, right? Yeah. And so um and so we ended up going to London. We went to the Hate Gaming Club out there. The um uh, I think we went to Salute, then we went up to, to um Warhammer World. I mean we had a great time. We had an absolutely great time. And and it was like a group of five or six of us. And it, it makes it a ton of fun. I, I would highly recommend doing that. Oh that's awesome. I know actually I, I do know one of the guys from the Hate uh, gaming club out there and, yeah. and i know being a 30k player like we always wanted to kind of go and check out um, david brains set up there with the 30k channel and there's yeah. just yeah there's so much it seems like this massive concentration 
there of just awesome gaming and like we have we have decent gaming here as well like north america but in there mm-hmm. it's like a whole nother level it's just like that's like the mecca I, of i think tabletop. you'd be su- i think you'd be surprised actually it's it's not necessarily better it's different yeah uh, and you know they are often shocked at the size of things like adepticon when those guys from the UK come over to Adepticon, they are blown away by everything there. There is talented people on both sides of the pond there mm-hmm. that are producing amazing content and amazing uh, models and paints and, and you know paint jobs and, and, and ways of playing the game. Um, you know, it's, it's, I'm telling you, it's, it's awesome because you get to see a different view of it, but I'm telling you it's, I don't think it's either better or or worse. I think it's just different, and um, yeah, I, I think I'd say that. No, that's, that is awesome. It sounds awesome. <laughs> it sounds pretty legit for real. It really is, and I'm telling you, it is completely achievable. Um, there was a time when I was first playing 40k, and my buddy was like, "Oh, my dad has all these frequent flyer miles. Maybe we can go out to Adepticon." And that kind of fell through. And I was like, "That's all the way to Chicago. You know, I'm never going to go that far." next thing you know i i go to adepticon every year you know and it's and some of it's changing you know uh discretionary funds and that kind of thing but but if you budget correctly it's easy to go and if you go with a group you guys are splitting rooms which makes it even cheaper right so yeah definitely that's that's the worst thing you're paying for is the flight this is true this is true yeah yeah i mean a flight and then a train ride to to nottingham from from london piece of cake piece of cake yeah i might have to might have to look into it a little more i might even just check out your article as well just you know kind of get some I'll send, idea I'll send, I'll send it over to you it's at it's at the independent characters.com yeah that'd be killer yeah. um speaking of adepticon i've never actually gone to adepticon i've gone to lvo um i was able i had the you know privilege of being able to host as the 30k to um yeah for reese a couple of years now and yeah it's been a lot of fun, and I, I hear people talk about Adepticon and that it's it's like it's quite the quite the event. So I definitely yeah. want to check that out at some point. To me, it is it is the 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 best convention I've gone to, and there are good conventions out there. Nova Open. I mean, look, there's the three big ones in the U.S. Right? Yeah. There's Nova Open, Las Vegas Open, and Adepticon. I will take Adepticon every time. I mean, I, I really love Nova Open. Um, LVO is a, not quite my cup of tea, but I'm not a super competitive gamer, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, you know, it's just, it's a different vibe at LVO. Yeah. Um, I'm also, look, I did Las Vegas in my 20s and so over Las Vegas. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but, but, Man, Adepticon. I don't. I'm not even a huge fan of Chicago, to be perfectly honest. And this is on the outskirts of Chicago. But, but man, it is just, it is just the greatest group of of gamers I see together. And there's just so many different ways to play. That's the coolest thing. Like, <clears throat> you're not uh, one of the things that at LVO is typically you're signing up for like a track, right? Mm-hmm. So you're signing up for oh, we're gonna do eight hours of this and then eight hours of that or whatever. 
Adepticon, you have that. Plus, you could do, oh, we're going to go do this three or four hour session thing over here. We're going to do this three or four hour session thing over here. And these guys are playing this three dimensional Space Hulk, you know, version. And these guys are playing, you know, um, this thing based on, uh, on, um, oh, what was the, what was the, the big Vietnam movie? Um, not platoon that the one full metal that. full metal jacket or hamburger yeah, hill before even that what was what was the other one you just said hamburger hill no no not even that before that the, the, the big fourth one of where, oh uh where he goes up the up the uh river to kill the guy oh um apocalypse now apocalypse now yeah like they did the whole like apocalypse now themed like 40k mission that was this whole narrative thing by these guys the narrative guys and it was fantastic like it was it was mind-blowing the stuff people come up with or or go play in you know uh adepticon titanicus which is full-size titans playing you know titanicus rules <laughs> you know i mean it's, it was incredible it's incredible i absolutely love that show and and and, and speak going back to our original point of friends like i happen to be very good friends with one of the guys that runs that event because you know, we were doing the podcast and they liked our vibe and, and reached out to us and said, Hey, would you do video coverage of this live video coverage? And like, we don't know how to do that, but sure, we'll do it. <laughs> you know, yeah. We figured out, go there and do it. And, um, and we just became really great friends. And so to this day, we chat all the time. I was just chatting with them yesterday. So, um, it's such a great community. I think you hit it on the head. Like just the 40k community, as toxic as toxic as it can sometimes seem online, I truly believe that is the minority of people, and that the majority of people involved in this hobby are super welcoming and want you to talk to them, and they want to talk to you, you know, and and have fun. That's the whole point. Totally, I, I definitely agree with that, and I think that's kind of the double-edged sword with social media is you know connected like never before, but. Unfortunately, sometimes the negative people, they're like um, dust bunnies, right? They all kind of cling together, and you're like, oh, <laughs> and it just becomes this giant dust bunny online. Who would have thought that having access to all this information in people was a bad thing? But it turns out, you know, sometimes it can be a real detriment. So Yeah, that's, that's that age-old saying, right? With great power comes great responsibility, and... Yeah. Some people aren't. Some people aren't that responsible. So lean so heavily into the positive, you know, aspect of it. And like our Facebook group, you know, we heavily moderate it. And you know, we have—I don't want to say rules, but we have guidelines in terms of look. You know, think about what you're posting. If you're what you're posting is not in in a positive, and it's not to say you can't criticize things, you know, but constructive criticism, right? Yeah. Hey. You know, this I didn't care for. I would have really liked it if they had done X, not this sucks. You know, that yeah. doesn't help it. <laughs> no, totally, totally agree. And I know even on Trident here, like we've we've taken a stance to be as proactive and positive um, as we can. Because sure. like we don't, you know, we don't want to come across as all oh, huge these just crusty guys who are extra salty and complaining. And because there's enough of that online, right? I think. Um, our last uh, episode there about 40k i said you know what i love about 40k is all the support all the love all the models all the updates like it's been never as strong as it is right now yeah but i, I agree but i said uh the thing i don't like about it is all the updates all the jumping in because for me yeah. like now you know nurgle's had a grip on our lives for so long it's like a whole new game again and there's like so many books dropping and stuff i'm like oh like 
my wallet trembles, to- you know? Yeah, it's hard to keep up with it, you know? In fact, it's impossible. And and it was funny because I remember a few years ago when we were kind of getting insight into it and, and you know, we were saying, oh, wow, it's it's really come fast. And this was like back when I think, I think 8th edition had just started hitting and and one of my friends over there was like, you haven't seen anything yet. He goes, people will not be able to keep up with it. We're just going to f- flood it with, <laughs> you know, your, your best bet is to pick one thing and stick with that. One. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe a couple, you know, but, um, you know, between age of Sigmar 40 K you have, you know, kill team, you have, you know, apocalypse, you have then in the age of Sigmar thing, you have the, uh, I, I don't play it anymore. It? The, the War Cry or War Cry, and then you have the the other one that's the card and board, you know, oh, version. Uh, oh, what the heck is that called? I Underworlds. I yeah, it, it Shade Spire was, I think. The that's first. the one. Yeah, that, that's what it was originally called. I, I don't remember what, like, the underlying thing is. I, I don't play it. it. That's actually not my cup of tea. Again, we talked about competitive stuff. That's designed to be competitive, mm-hmm. and it's not really my thing. I'm not a big deck building, you know kind of guy i'm more role player uh type of guy in fact i've been doing a lot of role playing over this covid thing uh as opposed to 40k because we can't get in person to play 40k um and so you know i mean if you try to keep up with all of that there's no way you can do it you just can't there's not enough time in the day for a single person to do all that stuff oh no no doubt i i know like we're into a lot of different uh games like then that's kind of been the focus with Trident too, right? Jump on these different systems. We're having uh, monthly painting competitions between ourselves to get rid of this backlog. And it's, yeah, yeah there's Blood Bowl, Titanicus. I just finished my Necromunda Orlock build. I've got a, like, out of production 4x4 four four, uh, Forge World Zone Mortalis board I got to do. And I'm building, like, a plastic one just because I'm a sponge for punishment. And yeah. I had, I had, I have a four by eight set of Zone Mortalis tiles from Forge World. It went unpainted for so long until finally I got Brian Harvey from the Splinter Mind podcast to to I paid him to paint because these are not going to get done. And, and I really wanted them painted because I wanted to play on them, but I was oh, yeah. just, I'm in such a such a deep hole on that stuff. It's I, I, like I, I jokingly said, you know. Uh, Money got me into this situation. As God is my witness, money's gonna get me out of it. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it's such a daunting set, right? There's so much detail and so much, like, just surface area to really hit, like, because it's it's gonna reflect a lot of your games, right? Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. But the, the nice thing is, you don't have to hit every single detail on it, right? In fact, you don't want to. I think yeah. I think you want the terrain to kind of play in the background a little bit. And if you if you've done all the meticulous detail, and I think it can be almost distracting. You can get away without doing it, is what I would say. Yeah, no, I would agree with that for sure. Because yeah, at the end of the day, you know, the models are the focus. the The terrain is is just kind of helping you tell the story. The story. Yeah, yeah. So. I think you nailed it on the head. Yeah, I think you're 100 percent right. 100 percent right. So. Yeah, I know um, you kind of mentioned it before. I was going to say, like, for in terms of gaming, so you're, you said you're more of a kind of like um, more, I guess, casual open play versus uh, competitive. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, you know, we're, we're, I would say we're more narrative play than open play. Like, we, we like to have rules that frame, you know, what we're doing. Um, and so we're typically, you know, 
narratively playing. I mean, I like to win, don't get me wrong. And I don't necessarily like to lose, but I can still enjoy myself and lose, you know, as long as I have uh, uh, scaling objectives, right? So, like, if I'm realizing I'm losing, I'll pick a few things that I'm like, well, I'm going to give them a bloody nose before I go down by doing X, Y, or Z. And um, yeah, but for us, it's more about story. It's more about um, uh, telling like a good story on the table as opposed to, you know, my my 2000 point army beat his 2000 point army and now I'm on to the next player. Yeah. That's just, and that's great. I mean, that people love that. And I think it's in a great place right now for that kind of thing too. But that is not me. And when, even when we started our podcast, it was like, well, we're not tournament players, so we can't really talk to this subject matter. What is our show going to be about? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and, and there was a time where I was playing tournaments where I was <clears throat> regularly doing that. I just found, as I got more into the hobby, I gained way more satisfaction from uh, taking my time playing with friends and telling a story on the table and that kind of thing. And that's why this new crusade stuff really, really appeals to me too. Yeah, definitely. Super- yeah. And during seventh edition, we were heavily, heavily into Horus heresy gaming. And honestly, the move to eighth edition was just much more my speed, mm-hmm. uh, you know? And, and so honestly, I haven't played a game of, Horus Heresy in, in years at this point. And I, I was actually looking at my Word Bearers army the other day, just going, Oh, they look so sad. You know, <laughs> maybe I should sell them. I don't I don't know what I want to do with them, you know, so I'm still thinking about it. Horus Heresy, yeah, it's it, it is a good game. Like playing both, I, I sometimes have the uh, you know, rubber band effect that of kind of get sure. some of my edition uh, rules a little bit wrong, but um I I have never played a game of 40k or horse heresy correctly yeah it's <laughs> like, there's a always some rule somewhere yeah you know? and that it's almost kind of part of the almost seems like it's part of the gaming like experience yeah. right for sure. for sure i mean you know look has it made a difference in a game here or there maybe you know whatever but then we'll just play again and not worry about it you know yeah i know so, uh yeah. we we brought up the the subject about um, specifically for heresy gaming, but it was you know competitive or narrative, and there's this big divide online about it. And personally, like we we don't like we're not hardcore whack players, but you know yeah. we like to play strong thematic lists. And I, I don't like the term competitive too much. Like I like strong because you know like I, at the end of the day, yeah, we're all yeah. trying to you know make objectives and win. But I'm not gonna yeah I'm not gonna leave the game like upset if I don't win. It's we're still trying to pit, you know, strategies and stuff against each other. So, yeah, I think that's a good distinction you made, though, right? Uh, you know, and and here's the thing: like, if you go to Adapticon or you go to Nova Open or Las Vegas Open, right? You go to the competitive event, right? Yeah. Whatever the the big tournament that they hold, and what happens after the first day to to players? Well, they get you get bumped like, out you get like 50% of them drop. Yeah. Right. Because they're like, well, I didn't win. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like, okay, for me, I could come to an event and let's say it was a two day narrative event and I lose each day. I'm still playing. Cause I'm not necessarily out. Like I'm still, you know, working for my team's objectives or, or what have you. And, 
you know, so for me, it's more rewarding. I get why people like those more, um, you know, win loss tie focused events. Like I totally get it. Yeah. And I totally see why people enjoy that. That And again, I think you play 40 K how you want to play it, whatever floats your boat, man. I mean, there's a hundred ways to play it. So go for it. You just got to find a group that enjoys playing the way you enjoy. I think that's the key. Definitely. Yeah. Playing, playing with like-minded people is uh, super, super important for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, anyway, that's me. Well, that's awesome, that's- man. That's awesome. Like I- I've listened to a couple episodes here and there on, on the independent character podcast mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of, we've had like kind of some chats online, but never, you know, been able to actually get in depth and, it's definitely opened like a whole whole different realm of questions just you know like the relationships that you've made through the hobby are just astounding honestly like yeah that's crazy and it's and, crazy. I, and it's just, even people that I'm not close with right or I'm not necessarily friends with like I've watched them in the periphery you know at events and that kind of thing cuz you kind of see some of the same faces yeah. especially in bigger events and you see like their social circles growing and and that kind of thing so i know it's not specific to me like there's there's tons of people involved in in it it's it's a great hobby man i i spent the last you know 15 years playing it and and it's just been nothing but productive for me so can't recommend it enough to people yeah no doubt yeah well i definitely hope that i'm able to uh make it to adepticon and at some point i don't know if next year's gonna happen for me but just with how everything's going Save now. Save now and make it happen, yeah. Start saving now and make it happen. You will not be disappointed. I promise that. I promise that. It's going to be incredible. Everybody's going to be so excited to be back. I mean, I don't know. <clears throat> we'll see what the situation looks like, you know, health-wise and that kind of thing. But but everywhere I travel these days, I carry with me a, 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 like a homemade medical kit that has all kinds of, you know, uh, flu medication and... Oh yeah, you know, every Motrin, everything in it, just in case like I get sick or something, <laughs> so I can take care of myself. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think if we're all careful, it'll it'll be a great event. Yeah. And by then, we'll all be vaccinated, so hopefully that that's helped out a lot. Yeah, it should help curb a lot of the issues, right? Like between that and obviously, you know, everyone kind of getting a, a refresher on you know just conducting yourself in public. I think it should be a, sure. a big thing. For sure, yeah. Well, I get my second shot Tuesday, so we'll see how it goes after that. Oh, nice, nice. That would be awesome. Well, listen, thank you so much for letting me join you, man. This has been absolutely, uh, this has been great. And thank you again for for uh, selling the book to me. I you you saved my collection. Oh, hey, uh, <laughs> you literally saved my collection, man. No problem. Like, thanks, thanks again for definitely jumping on and just chatting with me on here and yeah i I'm, was more than happy to help like the whole story behind it was you know a guy in the uk helped me out paid it forward he didn't charge me any extra for the book just what it cost and shipping and he just said hey when you get a chance you know do the same and when i i saw that you you know didn't get the book and i i did so happen to have an extra i just was like you know what this is it this is my chance to pay it forward and kind of roll it <laughs> well, out so super nice you man and you know what if i get a chance i'll pay it forward too so you know, there you go. Keep keep it going. That's right. Yeah, definitely. 
like a line at Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, yeah, just right. you know, for everyone listening, um, if you get a chance, definitely check out the independent com- independent characters community Facebook page and on their uh, podcast as well, uh, independentcharacters.com. And uh, yeah, again, thank you so much for uh, joining me, Carl. I really appreciate it. Anytime, man. You take care. You too.